scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Sports Rage, I am Gabe Morency, the pits, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Uh, breaking it down and counting it down. Masters a week. John Rom skips the water, uh, parts it. We should call him John Moses, uh, Ron, after what he did uh, today. Unbelievable shot, uh, which I don't really like that he did this leading into the tournament because that's who I like to win this tournament. Now everybody's talking about him. You know what? We talked about this on Game Time Decisions uh, today, earlier in the day. It was up to 13 million views. I'm going to check in a little bit later on. Like, you know, it's one of the most viral golf shots ever, basically. And it's probably the craziest golf shot ever as well. John Aram comes in at 10 to 1 to win the Masters. Alabama, uh, number one ranked team in the country, won't be playing this weekend. LSU and Alabama is shut down. We'll see what happens. And they could play it. They might not play it. Everything's sort of up in the air right now. They don't have any more bye weeks. They've got their title game. And quite frankly, college football is like everybody else right now in the sports world. We're getting hit hard by coronavirus. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, sort of options that are being discussed right now. College of football. You have to wonder if we're going to be able to play the college football playoff on time. Will they wait if there's more problems? As it is right now, the SEC can't afford any more cancellations. They don't have any more room. If they're going to play their schedule, they don't have any more room. They're, as it is right now, Alabama's already out of racetrack. Um, Texas A&M's game is canceled, but they have an open week on the 12th uh, that they can play. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of circumstances being thrown around. There's a leaked memo from the National Football League today um, that the NFL is concerned whether they're going to be able to play 16 games. What are they going to do? What are the playoff ramifications? What are the tiebreakers? Um, how are they going to handle uh, this? The National Hockey League, for one. I don't know what's going on, but today, 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 the National Hockey League, today, Gary Bettman openly, openly discussing the NHL's options, and uh, it's going to be a very unique National Hockey League season uh, this year as they're not going into a hub, uh, but it sounds more and more like this Canadian division is a done deal. Uh, the Canadian division is a done deal. Limited road trips in the National Hockey League. Reduced schedule. We break it all down. Level two coming up. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Sports Rage Late Night Time continues. I am a Marenzi. Thanks to Steve Merrill for kicking it with us at level one. Uh, always the quickest 120 minutes uh, in sports talk radio. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates. A lot of stuff uh, to get to. Uh, we were talking uh, college uh, football craziness, a uh, little jeopardy. Uh, we lighten the mood a little. We got serious with the coronavirus talk and uh, the end of the sports world as we know it. And then we lighten the mood a little bit uh, with the Jeopardy uh, talk. But 
this stuff's getting real right now. Um, college basketball is set to tip off on uh, November the 25th, uh, right around the corner. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do this. I, I, you know, call, college basketball is going to be a real, real tricky uh, situation to handicap. I'm going to take it team by team um, you know, with, with this season. I just, you know, college, college basketball, these players are just so exposed. So the NHL, the NHL was the first, like before the NBA, the NHL was like, all right, we're, we're good to go. We're going to start the season on January the 1st. And, um, and, and we're going to take it from there. Now, Gary Bettman today, commissioner of the National Hockey League, had a virtual virtual conversation at the uh, at an international summit, uh, and very was very open about what the National Hockey League's plans are uh, right now. See, the thing is, um, with coronavirus as bad as it is right now, there are even certain states right now that you have to you know be in quarantine. Like you know, what I mean, if you go to the state of New York right now. You know, you can't, you have to be in quarantine, even if you're coming from another state, all right? There's like a list of states that you have to quarantine from. So never mind international travel from Canada and the United States. There are problems traveling within the United States right now if you're the National Hockey League and uh, upcoming uh, the NBA. So I think the National Hockey League, I got to tell you what, you know, I've been critical of Gary Bettman over the years. Uh, but Bettman has done a lot of positive things for the National Hockey League from a business standpoint. I don't understand some of the decisions uh, that he has made, um, you know, but he's been on a roll over the last couple of years. We'll give him that. Uh, we'll give him that. To me, you know, I think everything would be complete if they just put a damn team in Quebec City and, you know, we could all shut up about that and the Nordiques uh, would be back, you know, a team in Seattle before Quebec. Yeah, I, listen, the Seattle team is going to be a big success. Uh, you have to give Bettman credit for Las Vegas. Phoenix has been a disaster, train wreck. That's cost him a lot of money. You know, he's been wrong about that. Ottawa right now is a problem, but that's not Bettman's fault uh, that Ottawa is a problem. Uh, but basically, look, you've got seven teams. You've got seven teams in Canada in the National Hockey League, and they can't travel. Right. And you can't ask seven teams to play in different cities. And in fact, you can't find seven different cities to play in. All right. So uh, and they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. So an all Canadian division makes a hell of a lot of sense in the National Hockey League, which really shakes things up. Right. It's that means we have like basically complete division realignment across the board because you're taking these Canadian teams out of other divisions suddenly. So Gary Bettman. Uh, is talking about, and you know what? I give Bettman a ton of credit for this. I think it's a very good idea. I give the National Hockey League credit for being proactive and realizing, you know what? Our season starts in less than two months, and it's not going to work. It won't work. You know, I, you know, the the living in the land of denial about this stuff is just stupid. All right, it's just stupid. And if everyone would stop being stupid about this, these leagues wouldn't have to go through these lengths to actually play. Like, the fact of the matter is, the league commissioners have been smarter than our leaders have been about this stuff. Like, even they get, you know, like the NFL even, you know, DeSantis, oh, you could have a full stadium at the Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll have 20%, thanks. Right? Yeah, yeah, because we're not stupid, okay? So you might be stupid, but we're not. So we're not going to have a full stadium. How does that sound? Um, and, you know, they know this months in advance. 
Um, so, you know, these seasons coming up right now, I think we were a little bit spoiled in a sense of, you know, the NHL and the NBA, they did a great job in the bubbles and the hubs. And I still don't understand why the NBA was a bubble and the NHL is a hub. But nevertheless, they did a great job pulling it off. And you look at the NFL right now, and the NFL's done a good job. You know, the NFL is, you know, dancing with the devil on a weekly basis. College football is starting to crack right now in big ways. And the NBA and the NHL, it's like, welcome to the real world, guys. Like, you know, like put it this way, the NHL seems to be on top of this more than uh, the NBA is. Like the NBA just wants to start on December 22nd. They seem to just sort of be hoping for the best. I like what the NHL is doing right now. And we talked about college football earlier. They're throwing, you, you can't put kids in a hub. You don't pay them. You don't pay them. <laughs> so, like, you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine? Because there's talk right now, like the college football committee brought up, well, what about a hub? You know what I mean? Because, you know, we don't want to blow this. What about a hub? So can you imagine the outcry of college football players being in a hub? You're going to be like, man, you're not paying them. Now you're holding them prisoner. <laughs> like, now you're holding these kids prisoner. <laughs> like, even though if you told the kids, listen, you want to go to the hub or not play, they would go to the hub. But you can't, for, you know what I mean? It's just logistically, it's a major, major issue. Gary Bettman basically blew off any hub. He said, we're never asking players to play in a bubble or a hub again. <laughs> but they, they're talking about mini hubs, a hybrid system. Bettman says you'll play for 10 to 12 days. You'll play a bunch of games without traveling. Uh, you'll go back home for a week, be with your family, and we'll have our testing protocols and all the other things that you need, and then you come back and you do it over again. It's actually not a bad concept, um, but it's going to make like a, it's like a season that we've never seen before, right? I mean, you're, so basically what you're going to have is, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to play the Montreal Canadiens, like, you know, three days and four nights or something. <laughs> and then it's going to be Toronto versus Ottawa. You know, there's going to be like a bunch of like, you know, same matchups. I'm telling you, that's, that's what, you know, Buffalo versus Boston. They got to limit the travel. And college basketball right now, Mountain West, just I see a release about the Mountain West. They're going to play 20 games. And guys, normally college basketball teams are playing 35 games and stuff. All right, so this is what we're looking at. You know, Mountain West, yeah, we'll play 20 games. And we'll play, we'll play um, home and homes, uh, basically, you know, five times, right? So basically, two games in a row, you know, against the same team on the same court, and then you go there another time and you do it twice. You do, you know, what I'm saying, uh, every weekend. I don't know if that's their plan, like every Saturday and Sunday, you know. But it's going to be a unique situation this year. Like these sport, like I said, we were kind of things were different in 2020. But they were sort of normalized. It was kind of, well, they're playing in a bubble. They're playing in a hub. And they're playing. Right? Now it's going to be whacked. <laughs> like, now it's going to be all whacked out. It's going to be like, what do you mean? Like, oh, there's a division. There's an all-Canadian division. And they're, they're, you know, it's going to be the same teams playing all the time and stuff. Now, obviously, things can change in the future. But the future isn't all that far off. So as Bettman goes on to say, obviously, we can't move seven Canadian franchises to the United States. Uh, we have to look at alter other alternatives. And uh, not only he goes on to talk about, not only is the U.S.-Canadian border an issue, but we're also seeing within the United States in terms of quarantining from certain states to other states. 
Uh, we're going to have to be very flexible with our schedule, Bettman goes on to say. So, you know, I didn't think we were going to talk hockey uh, tonight, but we've caught you uh, up to date if you're an NHL fan um, as far as what the picture's looking right now in the National Hockey League. But me personally, I think an all-Canadian division is cool. You know, it shakes things up. They should probably actually always consider it anyways. People have always sort of talked about it before. Hey, now it happens. Late night anger management class. This is Portrait. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Go on, you stupid horse. I got my last 10 bucks on you. No, don't look at me. Run. No, don't come over here. Uh, oh, boy. Sports Late Night continues. I'm Gable Morency. All right, we've got a lot of stuff to get to uh, still this evening. We've talked to uh, Alex Trebek. We've talked to uh, Jeopardy. Had some fun uh, with that. We've talked about uh, college football a lot. We'll get to the Masters a little bit. We've covered the Masters quite a bit on Game Time Decisions uh, so far this week. We've done a pretty good job of um, touching all the bases. Tomorrow, really going to dive in. And then, of course, tomorrow night, the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart uh, will be with us. Uh, but we'll share a couple of um, a couple of things that we've discovered uh, today, uh, looking at the numbers uh, for the Masters. As I've already stated, I do like John Rahm uh, to win the tournament. He's 10 to 1 uh, right now. Uh, but uh, we were talking about the NHL. The NBA, of course, is around the corner. And NBA free agency is set to begin just like that. Uh, the draft is like next week. It's hard to keep up with all this stuff and the dates and everything. And I've never been a good date person. That's why I would not be good on Jeopardy or like uh, Stump the Schwab and stuff like that. I'd know the answer, but I'd get the date wrong. Um, <laughs> I'd get the year wrong. You know what I mean? I'd be off a little bit. But I'd, I'd be in the general neighborhood. Uh, but so, yeah, the NBA, stuff's getting real right now in the NBA as well. Look, they're starting to play December the 22nd. What's the date today, right? Like, it's around the corner. Um, so it's time for GMs to know their rosters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's time. The, the, the playoffs are over. It's time to do this thing. And we're doing it, I believe, so November the 20th, which is, like, right around the corner. Um, and there's a lot of talk now. Uh, Chris Paul, big Chris Paul rumors tonight. Um, Oklahoma City. I don't know. I don't know what Oklahoma, I don't know why Oklahoma City's doing what they're doing. I never know what Oklahoma City's doing what they're doing, but they've always been good at doing what they're doing. So I, I got to give them the benefit of the doubt. I guess Oklahoma City thinks, you know, that they weren't that good and they just sort of were lucky last year. I don't know. Cuz Oklahoma City were pretty good. Yet look, they got rid of the coach and now they are going to they're not bringing Chris Paul back. It's pretty much a done deal. Everyone knows in the NBA circle right now, Chris Paul is is on the market for real, real. And they're looking, you know, they're looking to swing a deal, like, you know, the old sign and trade stuff and, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, there's talk about uh, Chris Paul to Phoenix. Chris Paul to Phoenix. 
which I'm wondering, I like Chris Paul. I like Chris Paul, but we were talking about the word polarizing earlier, and Chris Paul is polarizing. But Phoenix feel as though that they're sort of a veteran away. Now, you guys remember the Phoenix Suns won 8-0 in the bubble. Very impressive. Like, hell, I can't get better than that. You know, they nearly crashed the party. All right? Like, we didn't see this coming. And in fact, before the that, that stuff started in the NBA, I said Phoenix should be sleeping in the parking lot. They shouldn't even get a hotel room. Uh, but they went 8-0. So it looks like, and the thing is, Phoenix have money, too. So that's another thing. Phoenix have, not a lot of teams have money under the cap. Phoenix do. And Chris Paul's a good fit. So there's sort of a combination of things that work for them here, uh, as far as Phoenix is concerned. I can live with it. You know, he doesn't hurt them. You know, Devin Booker's a stud. Um, the thing with Chris Paul is he can teach them how to play defense a bit. Like, they they need to get better at that. And, you know, Chris Paul is a great defender. He's a great competitor. But let's be real. Chris Paul has never won anywhere. As good as Chris Paul is, he's always on the wrong side of it, isn't he? Um, so, you know, we get you caught up to date as far as Chris Paul is concerned. And the other, the other talk, which is crazy, which is, uh, which is crazy to me. Like, I, I expect this from the New York Knicks, right? When we say crazy, I expect it from the Knicks. And I like Russell Westbrook a lot. And in fact, like I was, I was probably a bigger Russell Westbrook guy than a lot of people over the years. All right, Russell Westbrook is a great basketball player. He was great in his prime. The, you know the injuries, his style of basketball. He, you know, Russell Westbrook. I think a good comparison and analogy could be, he's almost like a running quarterback in the NFL. I've always looked at Russell Westbrook and Cam Newton very similarly, actually. Um, you know, I think it's a good comparison. And Westbrook, it's not that he's not a stud. It's not that he wasn't great. But he's not the same player. He doesn't have the same explosiveness. And he can't shoot. <laughs> so it's a bad combination. And he makes a ton of money. Um, is he bad? No. Right? Will he put up stats? Yes. But as we saw with Houston, he's very hit or miss now. Right, one game you'll be like, you're like, oh, not even one game. He's like, he's so streaky and inconsistent now that it's like in game even, where, you know, there'll be a stretch where you're like, holy crap, man, this guy looks like an MVP again, right? Like Westbrook's like, you know, blazing past people and hitting threes, and and then there's the other nights where it's like four for seventeen, and you know, bad shot after bad shot. Teams are like, no, he can't hit a three. And to me, there's just more and more of that. And it totally doesn't surprise me that the New York Knicks would want something like this. Because the Knicks are looking to sell jerseys. The Knicks are looking to put someone on a billboard, right? It's as simple as that. The Knicks, like, you know, it's New York City. They need a star. And, you know, that's, you know, R.J. Barrett's not, you know, big enough for them. They, you know, the Knicks, you know, they want that personality. Does Westbrook help the Nick organization? Not in a single fraction of anything. Like, there's no reason in the world for the New York Knicks to bring Russell Westbrook in. And this, this seems to be more than a rumor. There seems to be something to this as it's not going away. You know, we, we sort of kicked the tires on this a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, with Mike Blewett, who's a Nick fan too. 
And Blewett's like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen for sure. You know this is what the Knicks are going to do. But what surprises me now is the Los Angeles Clippers. The Los Angeles Clippers. That's the hot rumor of the day in the NBA right now, that the Los Angeles Clippers want Russell Westbrook. And I'm thinking, like, seriously, are you guys insane? Like, like, good, good. Because honestly, you know, suck it, Kawhi. After what you did to the Toronto Raptors, I don't want you to win anyways with the Clippers. So who cares what the Clippers do? But, like, the, the, the Clippers, really? You guys want to bring in Russell Westbrook now? Like, this is this is your answer to why you fell short. <laughs> like, like, the Clippers fell short due to the fact they don't have a, a, a real point guard. The Clippers fell short due to the fact that they have a million crazy egos on the team. The Clippers fell short because they spend a ton of money on a few guys. And now you're going to bring in Westbrook on top of this? Like right now, like I'm thinking, wow, like I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, LeBron James is at home and he's online and he sees this and he's thinking, man, I hope this is true. He's like, are you kidding me? Really? Like, that's your answer? Like, the L.A. Clippers? You fire, see, that, that's the answer. You fire Doc Rivers, you're going to bring Westbrook in. Yeah, let's bring in him. He can't shoot at all. And he needs the ball all the time. You're going to throw Russell Westbrook in the same room with Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly and Montrez Harrell? Uh, Harrell's gone, actually. Harrell will be gone. Um, I think Harrell wants out anyways. Like, I'm just saying, like, the Clippers had bad chemistry. And, like, Russell Westbrook is not a bad guy. But he is just so larger than life that he's just not another dude that you plug in here. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He's just not another dude that you plug in. And the thing is, Russell Westbrook's nowhere near as good as Kawhi Leonard is anymore. He's not as good as Paul George is anymore. And he makes a ton of money. So, like, I, I, like honestly... If the Clippers bring in Russell Westbrook, like, uh, man, you know, that's, that's a baffling move to me. And I don't mean, to, I'm not trying to disrespect Russell Westbrook because I think he's a baller. I like him a lot. I think he's a good guy. I don't think he's a bad dude or anything like that. But at the same point in time, like, Westbrook is going to end up on a team like the Knicks. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, Westbrook doesn't have that element of his game. That's what I don't understand. Like, there's some dudes where it's like, listen, he's not the player that he used to be, but, man, he can pop a three at any time, right? We'll put him in the corner, and, man, this guy can pop a three. Like, there's not like Westbrook brings a specific skill set. Like, man, you know, when there's five minutes left, man, the thing with this guy is he'll really handle the ball. He's not going to turn it over. He's going to make the right play. He's going to make the right pass. That's not Westbrook. All right, uh, we need a guy to come off the bench or we need a guy like, you know, since everyone's going to be focused on Kawhi and Drew, we need a guy that can pop a three for us. That's not Westbrook. Like, Westbrook's game is taking the ball himself and slashing it to the hole. <laughs> like, that's his game. And he's not as good at it anymore. So, I don't know. Like, and I'll tell you, NBA, man, the NBA teams do some whacked out things. So, you never know. I said it. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I'll repeat myself again now. Um, I hate this future talk because of everything that's going on with COVID and there's a lot of crap going on in the world, obviously. But the Dallas Mavericks, man, the Dallas Mavericks are a dangerous team. And I've got confidence, actually, that Mark Cuban understands that he has talent now and there's there's a move to be made 
if you're the Dallas Mavericks. I think you can catch the Lakers a little, um, you know, Lakers are like, um, you know, like, uh, you know, it's like National Geographic. The Lakers are like lions. And right now the Lakers are on top of a hill and there's all kinds of like carcasses and, you know, they're just chewing. They're just chewing on things. They're just chewing on things. And, you know, they might be a little fat. They might take a little nap, you know, after winning the title and stuff like that. Like I'm telling you, and especially in the Kobe year, you know, with, with, with Kawhi and everything, LeBron was ultra motivated this year. And another thing is LeBron knew, all right, man, I don't even have to travel. I go into this bubble. I come out of this thing a champion. And he did. It's going to be a little different this year. I don't think the Lakers are going to have the same hunger. And quite frankly, the Lakers aren't great. They just sort of willed themselves to a title. Dallas, baby. Dallas are live. The Mavericks. Portraits like Nike Minions. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. I'm going to turn it on. It's too unnoticed. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Late night anger management class continues. I am Gabriel Morency. Uh, we'll uh, get into a couple of Masters uh, numbers, get you caught up to date uh, with the updated uh, odds. As far as the Masters concerned, we'll also encourage you to tune into Game Time Decisions uh, tomorrow with me and the Rager Red at Cam Stewart. We're going to be all over uh, the Masters. Um, and we'll get, to, uh, we'll get to some golf talk uh, in a minute. Uh, but uh, I wanted to get to Tony LaRusso's stuff a little bit. As it's funny, because last night I was on with Scotty Farrell, and he asked me what I thought about Tony LaRusso. And I said, well, I guarantee you he's going to say, I just had a glass of wine. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. He said, oh, I just had a glass of wine. And, you know, he had more than a glass of wine. I guess he blew his tire out running into the curb. And um, instead of busting out his license and stuff, he decided to bust out his World Series ring <laughs> and, and, and a Hall of Fame ring. I guess he keeps them in the glove compartment for situations like this, which, you know, and I swear, I just talked about it on this show last night. And I said, you know, in the old days, in the old days, these guys would get away with that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, in the old days, the cops would be baseball fans. And, you know, cities are different now, right? The demographic is different. Culturally, it's different. Cops are younger. Um, yeah, not everyone's a baseball fan or a sports fan, et cetera. Everything's on camera now. Like, athletes used to end managers. Like, you know, they used to get away, you know, literally with murder. <laughs> but uh, they get away with drunk driving all the time. So, yeah, how many times do you think LaRusse has gotten away with, oh, okay, Skip, just get home safely, right? Because um, I'm sure this is, you know, the, I'm sure the only two times that LaRusse has ever, you know, gotten hammered and you know, driven drunk is the two times he's been arrested for recently in the last couple of years, right? So, but, you know, the, so the police report basically goes on to drop all that. LaRusse gave, come on, you don't know who I am? 
and he basically told him, I'm Tony La Russa, I'm a baseball manager, I'm a Hall of Famer. And he was getting mad that he wasn't getting the treatment. And he said, you're only doing this to me because I'm a Hall of Famer and you're trying to embarrass me. And like I said, times are different now. Right? T times are different now. I guarantee you, like the cops don't know who he is. They don't care. And dude, you, Tony La Russa, you haven't been a name in a long time, bro. It's not like you're like, my, you know, they pull over Miley Cyrus or Kim Kardashian. They'll probably know who it is. But, you know, oh, oh, Tony La Russa, oh, wow. Oh, you won a World Series with those guys who were on steroids years ago. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know who you are now, right? So, so listen, Tony La Russa was a bad hire. It is what it is. I mean, come on. Why do you even want this job, Tony? Like, really? Stop driving, drink at home, get, a, you know, get yourself a couple of bottles of wine, stay home, and watch baseball on TV, bro. But, like, the White Sox are on crack. The hell are these guys thinking? Like, what are they thinking? They're hiring a 74-year-old man that hasn't been in base. You know, I mean, he's been in baseball. He's been a consultant. He's been involved with teams. Well, he hasn't been a manager. Uh, he hasn't been a manager since 2011. We're in a completely new analytic world right now. You have an ultra-young team of different cultures and diversity. Uh, Tony LaRusso is a drunk. And on top of it, uh, like, he's anti-BLM and everything. All right, so he's anti-Kaepernick and Black Lives Matter, and like he's he hates all that stuff. So right, it's a great combination here in 2020, <laughs> or it will be 2021. It's a great combination. So this is where this is an instance, though, where two things can be right at the same time. All right, Tony Larusa is a bad hire, but Marcus Stroman should shut the hell up. Uh, so Marcus Stroman says there's no amount of money that he would play for Tony LaRussa. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, what the hell, Stroman? What's your deal with LaRussa? <laughs> like, you've never even met LaRussa, probably. Like, what, what, what's your deal with LaRussa? Like, Stroman, you're a young dude. You haven't been in the league all that much. You talk a lot, but you haven't been around all that much. And LaRussa hasn't been around a long time. So what has LaRussa done to piss you off so much? And basically, it's the Black Lives Matter stuff and the Kaepernick, in which he, he says, I'd never play for that guy because of this. And, you know, LaRusso has been pretty, vo was vocal about it. There's a lot of, there's comments out there that LaRusso has made that I guess like, Strowman saw. But the thing is, if you're Marcus Strowman, bro, like, like you're running out of teams to badmouth. Like, what's next? You're going to badmouth the Dodgers? <laughs> like, 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 honestly, like you're running out of teams to badmouth, all right? You've got talent, but man, you've got a big mouth. You don't back it up. You screwed the Mets this year. You could have pitched this year. You tapped out. And think about this guy, the gall of this kid. And I've defended Marcus Stroman, but I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm, I'm out. I'm out with this guy. The gall of Marcus Stroman, dude, you run your mouth all the time. You want it out of Toronto, all right? Toronto made the damn playoffs, bro. So anyways, you wanted out of Toronto, blah, 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 blah. You want to be on the Yankees. The Yankees didn't want you. So you end up on the Mets in a great situation. All right, you're on a great staff and whatever. So this year, you know, what do you do? You complain that you never went to the Yankees. You're on the Mets. You should be happy. And then you screw the Mets. Well, coronavirus, my arm, I don't feel good, blah, 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 this and that. Like, yeah, whatever, dude, because, you you know, you're looking out for your own interest. and and then. You don't even play, and then you have the audacity to rip the Yankees.
and say you're better than all the pitchers on the Yankees, except for Garrett Cole. At least he didn't say he's better than Garrett Cole. He said, oh, he said, you know, except Garrett Cole, I'm better than anyone on that team. And it's like, dude, you didn't even pitch this year, so shut the hell up, all right? You got nothing to say about anything. You notice what the Blue Jays say about him, too. They're like, they laugh at this guy now. They're like, we're so glad you're gone. Like, remember on Twitter, him and Grisha getting into it? Grisha's like, bro, no one likes you. You know it. No one likes you on any team. He even said, guys on your own team now don't like you. And I know people at No Strowman when he was a kid in Long Island, and they said they didn't like him. They said no one's ever liked Strowman. Strowman's always been a jerk to everyone all the time, like, you know, even when he's a teenager. Um, him and his dad. So, um, you know, so Strowman, oh, I'll never play for him. Fine. You know, Strowman, you're an idiot. All right? You got to shut up. You bash the Yankees. You're bashing the White Sox. The Mets aren't going to want you. So, like, you're running out of teams. And these other teams see you ripping everybody all the time. Everyone knows. Word's out. You're a bad teammate. And you, you don't back it up. You're always hurt. And you get hit. You're good. But you're not great. You're okay. Like, blah, blah, blah. Dude, like, you talk and talk and talk, man. And talk. He's like Jared Goff, like, with a big mouth or something. Like, at least Jared Goff doesn't say anything. <laughs> You know what I mean? At least Jared Goff doesn't talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, no one can say, ah, oh, Jared Goff. Like, you can say, ah, oh, Jared Goff's overrated. But, like, no one can ever say, ah, oh, Jared Goff's a jerk. You ever heard Jared Goff talk? I don't think the guy has long. I don't think he has vocal cords. I never heard Jared Goff say a damn word. Like, Jared Goff's just happy to be a hundred millionaire, right? Like, Jared Goff's just, you know, he's, 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 he's good with the way things are. Marcus Stroman, though, never shuts up, man. And the thing is, Stroman, Dude, Tony La Russa is going to be lucky to get to the season, bro. So you're an idiot. You just ripped it to another team. And I'm telling you, man, like, these guys see this stuff. I guarantee you Brian Cashman's like, I don't want this guy anywhere near me. You know what I mean? I don't want any of that kid. It's never, it's never his fault. He rips everyone all the time. And now it's just crazy. As I said, like, I, listen, I'll bash La Russa, but I can also bash Strowman, too. I, it's my right to do both. And Strowman, you should shut up. Like, I swear, there's not, like, one Met fan. There's not one Blue Jay fan. There's, like, nobody ever steps up and says, oh, we got to re-sign this guy. We got to get get this guy. Well, you won't pitch. You won't pitch. Well, bro, you're going to end up pitching for, like, um, you know, you're, you're going to end up in Kansas City or something. That's what you're going to end up in. Like, you're, there's some bad teams going to offer you money, and that's what, you know, because basically the way you run your mouth right now, winning teams. Look, I'm a Dodger fan. We need a pitcher. You can fit the mold, but no, it's not worth it. You're going to run your mouth like you won a World Series. I'd rather Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer runs his mouth, but at least Bauer backs it up, right? Bauer, like, is actually will show up. Bauer's like, yeah, whatever, man, let's go, right? Win or lose, Bauer shows up. He'll give you his all, right? Marcus Stroman just talks. At least Bauer backs it up a bit. All right, so as far as the Masters uh, is concerned, updated uh, odds. There's my Marcus Stroman uh, take. And, you know, that's a, that's a take that you can't call that a hot take. This is like low-hanging fruit. There's not going to be a person out there that's going to disagree with anything that I just said besides, besides Marcus Stroman. The thing is, Stro, and last thing about this is, dude, just shut up. Like, you're going to make money. But the thing is, you're eliminating, like you're hurting yourself. Like that's that's like the stupidest thing about this, all right? 
baseball teams are very sensitive to this. It's not the NBA, bro, right? The NBA, whatever, you can say crazy things about other players. No one's going to care, right? Baseball, they're very uptight about this stuff. Like, they're, everyone is just going to go, no, 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 he's a problem, man. Like, this guy's a problem. Like, he's going to rip our own, he's going to rip his own teammates. He talks to the media all the time. It's never his fault. He doesn't play through pain. Like, you go down the list. So, Stroman, like, if I'm you, shut the hell up and wait till you sign a deal, then rip these teams. Right? Then just say, oh, you know what? The Yankees should have signed me. But, oh, I wouldn't have ever went to the White Sox. Fine. What's, what's your next? Oh, you, you, I wouldn't play for the Dodgers because it's too sunny there? Never ends with this guy. Never ends with this guy. So updated Masters odds right now. We'll see if there's been any uh, any movement uh, any movement since uh, earlier in the day, and there has not been. DeChambeau remains plus 800. DeChambeau looking for his first Masters uh, victory. Of course, he won a, a major uh, this year. It all sort of coincides this year, last year, whatever. It's this year. So... There's not the pressure on him to, to oh, he's never won a major before. He's won a major. He's clearly like the powerhouse of the golf world right now. He's reinvented. He's reinventing golf. Like he's, Cam brought this up earlier in the day today. And, you know, they were talking about how he doesn't use anything. All he needs is a seven iron. That's all he uses. Driver, seven iron. Like, this guy can really play here, like, with four clubs. Driver, seven iron, wedge, putter. Like, dude, like, the guy, basically, he drives the ball, and he's on the green. Or if he's not on the green, he's, like, an approach shot. He's 40 yards from the cup. Like, he's really reinvented this stuff, right? A lot of guys can crush it, but he's figured out how to keep it straight, and it's dangerous. Yet, he's got to make his putts. And it's not an easy place to make your putts unless you really know the greens. You know, you got to have experience on this course. So he's at eight to one. Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson's never won here before, but he's a, a top ten machine here. So uh, Dustin Johnson's definitely a top ten prop um, play, guys. Tomorrow night we're gonna lock in our props for you, but uh, Dustin Johnson's a top ten play. But is he gonna win? He could. He could. Listen, I like the, the guys I like. I you know, I like John Rom. I like his game. I like his spirit. Um, I like how he's played here before. That shot that he made today doesn't turn me off. I just don't like the fact that everybody saw it. Uh, so John Rom's 10 to 1. Xander Shifley coming in here. Not a lot of experience. And people, oh, when's he going to win? When's he going to win? He's still very young. Very dangerous. I wish we were getting better odds. Then. 16 to 1 right now. Those are the two guys that I've got to circle as far as outright winners are concerned. Late night anger management class continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. 
Late Night Anger Management Class, three-minute warning, another ultra-quick uh, program. The more night's going to be off the hook. Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart, step up and in. Babana will join us. Uh, we're going to see what's in Cam's bag uh, for uh, the Masters. Um, and as I stated, if you guys didn't see the John Rahm shot, um, it's definitely worth uh, checking out. And I said earlier, too, when I saw it, it was at $7.5 million. When I saw it, it was at $7.5 million. And then it got up to $13 million. And I currently see it now. It's at $18.7 million. So it seems to start. It's, it's capping out right now. Right? And, you know, I was wondering, like, exponentially. I was like, wow, like, how many... How many hits is this thing really going to get? Uh, so right now it's up to 18. It doesn't, this is just online. This is just on Twitter. <laughs> we should know. <laughs> this is just on Twitter. Like this isn't like been seen. So it's literally being seen by, by the world, hundreds of millions of people. Like it's been picked up by every internet, every news outlet, like every news outlet. It's like everywhere this shot, but just on Twitter alone, guys, 18.7 million views. And uh, he's on the 16th, and he's on the other side of the pond on the water, and it's a trick shot. He deliberately, he deliberately smacks the ball off the water, like you know, like a kid throwing a rock off the water. He's trying to, you know, skip the, you know, skip a rock off the water. So he basically skips the ball. Bam! He hits it hard though, like bam! He just lines it off the water, and. It bounces four times off the water. We did the count. It's like bam, bam. It like it. It's like it's on land. It bam, bam, four times off the water, up the hill, onto the green, into the hole. Like I said, I've never seen a crazier golf shot. Now, there's better golf shots because you know doing it under pressure. Like you know, dude, this is just a fun practice round, right? That he just smacked this in. But just as far as golf shots are concerned. It's the it's the best golf shot I've ever seen. Uh, I'm not saying you know a non-competition golf shot, non-competition. You know, come on, yeah, Tiger going through the trees and stuff like that. There's been some crazy ass stuff, but man, that was sick. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. <laughs>